Welcome to Inside Vet CX podcast. I'm Michael, and today I'm really lucky to be joined by Kristen, who's one of our long-term mystery shoppers at Vet CX, and she's going to talk to us a little bit more around what a mystery shopper does and why it's important to improve customer experience and boost ongoing client engagement. So, thanks for joining us today, Kristen. Yeah, no, no problem. It's a pleasure to be here and recording this with you, Michael. So maybe just to start a little bit, did you want to just give us some background information on yourself and um, so we can get to know you a little bit more? Sure. So my name's Kristen Lee and I've been working with VetCX now for about two years. I'm a passionate animal lover and when I was younger, I did some volunteer work with RSPCA. Uh, and when I was studying, VetCX gave me a wonderful opportunity to do some work with them uh, regarding mystery shopping uh, and this was perfect as I was really interested in this industry. So, uh, Kristen, I guess everybody wants to know, what are you a dog or a cat person? Yeah, I think I'm definitely a dog myself. I've got a little pug. His name's Doug. Uh, not original, I wouldn't say. But, yeah, he's a little, good little boy. He's chewed up a couple of my shoes. So, But Doug I think that's pug. just all what's part of it. Yeah, Doug the pug. Awesome. All right. So could you tell us um, a little bit about what mystery sh shopping looks like um, in the vet industry and, and how I guess it works? Because it's, I think, quite a new concept actually undertake the yeah. sort of thing that we're doing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, something I get asked a lot too, and I think this is the best way to, to say it is, uh, it's basically an insight to a relationship that the vet practice has with the client. Um, and I'm really surprised to see how most practices don't really realise their customer service impact on the, on the clients that they have. Uh, personally, I've experienced a lot of good customer service and a lot of bad customer service. And it really, really sticks to you when you've had a vet practices that is genuinely interested in you and your pet. And it mm. just makes you feel that warm feeling and the relationship that you have. And you want to go back and you tell people about them. And it's, yeah, it's just about the relationship that we mystery shop. Yeah. So how does that look, I guess, from a, from a practice owner's perspective, if they wanted to do some mystery shopping, if they haven't done anything like that before, I mean, uh, what happens? How does it work? Yeah. So pretty much, with VetCX, which is just a snapshot into the customer experience that the receptionist or the vet clinic has with the customer. Uh, and pretty much what that is, that we, we will phone the practice at randomly at a different day, different time, uh, just to get a, a gauge of different receptionists and different people that may answer the phone. And the mm -hmm. callers will be different callers as well. So the, the practice doesn't recognize the voice or anything like that. Okay. Um, so you call we'll in different days of the week, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Different days of the weeks, different times, and it'll also be a different caller. So the practice can't recognize the voice of the previous caller that they might've had. Okay. And how many times a week are you guys calling at the moment? Yeah, so we contact them once a week and then at the end of the month, we'll give them a report, all four of those calls, the voice recording and a benchmark report that compares them state, nationally and actual local vet practices. Oh, that's interesting. So actually, I guess you can rank where they're sitting in terms of the, the country, but then also they can drill yeah. further down into the state. So for New South Wales, Victoria, Tassie practices, they can see where they're sitting. Yeah. Interesting though, you talk about competition. Tell me a little bit more about that. So yeah, we call practices um, that may be clients of ours and we ask them a non-clinical emergency that should always result in an appointment being offered. Uh, and we see basically how they respond to that question. Uh, and then we'll go and actually call their competitor that may not even be a client of ours. So we'll go out of a way to call them to make sure that they're getting the comparison to their local competitors, if that makes sense. Yeah, so that's really interesting. So what we're doing is, I guess, 
guess we're calling the client, our client's practice around getting that view of what the client experience is. But our very next call, what you're saying, Kristen, goes to their local competitor. So this is people that they're competing with in their local suburb. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's very fascinating because I haven't seen any company that goes out of their way to call somebody that not not actually is our client. So we're actually going out of our way to go that extra further step to make sure that this company is recognizing the differences that they have with their local competitors. It's very interesting. I'd be quite worried, I guess, as a practice owner, if my team didn't offer an appointment, but then, you know, the competitors were offering an appointment just a couple of minutes later. So the likelihood, I guess, of that client coming to my practice is, is pretty slim, I guess, if I'm not offering an appointment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, all right. So what do you think um, is so important then, I guess, when we talk about with customer experience and, and so forth, but what, what do you think is really important from a phone perspective when you know, yeah. customer care teams or reception teams are taking calls from pet owners? I think the best ex- uh, the best example I can sort of give is if I called up a vet clinic and I called up and I had a new puppy, and I'll use my dog as an example, Doug. I remember when I called up my um, vet clinic, I was very excited about my little pug. Obviously, every dog owner will be if you've got a little member to the family and calling up you're so excited to find out the information bringing them in finding out when the next appointment's going to be getting the best customer service really makes you feel the warmth and what you want to be there all the time with your dog you know that your dog's going to be in the best hands if they're genuinely interested and I find that a lot of vet practices are purely transactional they're just keen to get the client off the phone as soon as possible and they don't really build rapport and there's just no relationship there mm. um, but I know when I rung up my vet practice he was excited asked about uh, how he's going how old he was what his name was they had a bit of a laugh with me about how his name is not original which is what um, which I get told a lot but you know <laughs> So in that experience that you had with, with your vet when, you've, when you called up about your brand new puppy, you found that that was really good. So what do you experience when you're making calls for Vet CX that maybe changes that really good experience into you know, either you know, not so good or just the most common sort of experience that vets would give? So I think the first thing I notice is their, um, their opening. So when they say um, the vet practice's name and who they're speaking with. Um, it sounds very like not exciting, very rushed. They say it very fast, not welcoming. And there's okay. just no rapport being built with the client. It's something firsthand off is what I notice is just they're opening with their client. Okay. So sometimes you're saying you can't, it's like they don't want to be on the phone. They're answering it because they have yeah. to answer the phone, you think? or. Yeah. So that's interesting. So you feel that straight away from the moment you answer the call as the person on the other phone, you, you get that feeling of, you know, that they don't really want to be talking to. No. And then compared to someone that is taking the time we're answering the phone and you can just, you can tell they're sort of smiling on the other end of the phone and it makes you feel like you're not wasting their time. Yeah. And something that you mentioned before was around, you know, they asked for your, your pet's name and, you know, I guess had a, had a bit of banter maybe with you. Is that, is yeah. that what you mean? Yeah, I just I guess looking for when I mystery shop and when I'm sort of doing my surveys, I just pay attention to the the relationship that they're establishing with their new clients that they haven't had before. And I think more so than ever, the customer service with a brand new client should be its at its best. So essentially a brand new client, you you pretty well want to roll out the red carpet so they, they really feel engaged with you. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, for sure. 
So what are the key things that a practice could do if they could only focus on a couple of things just to really make that pet owner feel happy and engaged in the first time, you know, and excited to come in and see the team in the practice? What's just a quick basic couple of things that, that practices could do? I think definitely actually making the effort to smile when you're answering the call actually makes quite a big impact on your voice and making a client feel like you're not wasting their time and that they genuinely want to be speaking with you about your new little pet. And then building rapport, having that banter, being genuinely interested, asking questions about their behavior, their eating. It's just questions that the client's going to want you to ask. They want you to be interested because they know that you work there all day, every day, but they want you to really spend that time with them. From your experience, when you're asked questions about your own dog, you, you feel like you really want to share a lot of information, don't you? It's like anything, if someone wants to ask questions about you specifically, then you know you, everybody's inclined to want to share experiences. Yeah, definitely. And definitely when they're gauging with the names and how old they are and where I got him from, just getting all that background information is giving your client the warm and fuzzy feeling and they're going to leave that impact on them and they're going to want to tell their friends, their next door neighbours, their bosses, their co-workers about this vet practice because it generally does leave an impact on you because that's your family member. It's it's literally like your brother, your sister. You want to make sure that they're getting the best that they can get. Yeah, that's it's such a good point because I think that, you know, because we, we work in these practices all day and we, maybe we answered 10 calls, 15 calls, 100 calls a day, we lose a lot of that personality. So really to recap, I guess what you're saying is that it's really important to sound focused from the minute that you pick up the phone and answer that um, that initial inquiry So and smiling so that shines through to the person on the other phone. And then I think exactly. you mentioned that asking for the pet's name, you, you find that that makes a big difference in the interaction? Oh, a thousand percent. Um, when I'm doing mystery shopping and i and a receptionist asks me for my pet's name, puts the biggest smile on my face because it makes me, it, they don't realize the impact that it gives on their clients. Like, honestly, it is something they like, you realize that, you know, the client knows you're there all day, every day. And the minute that you show interest into them and into their, into their pet, that's when they're immediately going to be happy and they're going to want to open up to you and talk to you about all day, every day about their pet. Yeah. And then so, and then some just basic common things, you know, I think you touched on, which is, you know, just that common rapport, maybe it's a new puppy around, you know, how many pairs of shoes have they chewed up or whatever the case might be. Um, you, you find that's really important as well in terms of just building a stronger relationship in that. Let's face it, I think you only get, you know, maybe what a minute or two opportunity to make yeah. the client feel like that. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't take much just to, to have a genuine conversation with your client. And it's just two minutes out of your day to have a lifelong client. Do you know what I mean? It's just, you just say an extra, if you have an extra two minutes on the phone, there's going to be a client that's going to want to be loyal to your practice. So I guess if they're the things that, you know, a quick couple of tips, so that's three real quick things that people could just change instantly, I guess, from what you're saying is so enter the phone, be happy and smile, ask for the pet's name and, you know, engage with the client about the pet themselves so that's three yeah. really awesome tips Kristen uh, that practices could do but what would you say on the flip side what's three things definitely not to do definitely not to do is to get straight into prices that's something that a lot of practices do and it's very off-putting to the clients so it makes it, uh, when it you sound just get very transactional in- you think yeah a hundred percent if you get straight into prices a client's just going to be 
disinterested in like there there's no value into spending money into your vet clinic if you do not show anything of what we just talked about before if you don't smile mm. and make the client feel welcomed and you just get straight into prices then they're not going to come to you so they just remember the price they don't actually remember that love and care that you took on the phone call with them exactly yeah so anything else in particular so price is a good thing so maybe build the rapport on the wall first then give the price later so you find practices just give the price straight away and the course finished anything else that probably they should avoid or do differently uh definitely offer appointment a lot of clients you'll find that call the practices or they will be calling around for prices and if they're calling around for prices and you can usually tell when a client's calling just for a price it's always important to offer them an appointment because if you just tell them a price and you get them off the phone, they're not going to want to call you back. So if you offer them an appointment and again, you smile, you, sh- you make that rapport and you ask the client's name, you get all that background information. And then if they ask you the price, you give them the price and then you offer them an appointment. It's just a compliment sandwich, really. If you just do that that way, a client's going to want to come back to you and be there with you the lifelong as their pet. Yeah, that's interesting. A compliment sandwich. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Uh, so th- I think that's some really awesome quick tips that practices can do to avoid and to change in their basic phone conversations. And then I guess with all the COVID stuff that's been happening, how have you found the conversation on the practices um, changing, if any, at all? Yeah. So pretty much with that, a lot of our vet practice have been changing up their closing of the phone call. So a lot of asking about cold and flu symptoms, making sure that the client knows that it's just for their protection as well as the staff. So a lot of vet practices you'll may notice is that they have restrictions to how many people they can have in their waiting room or that the consultations would be done outside. And a lot of clients are calling before they come in for their consultation. And then so I guess found that that by asking those questions, you mentioned, you know, cold and flu symptoms and so forth. Have you found that that really changed has changed at all? What the experience is like for you as the client doing the mystery shopping or has it been pretty seamless? Uh, it's pretty seamless. I mean, there's some uh, vet practices that make it very formal, but I find the best way to approach that is if you just make it very genuine and very nonchalant. Um, that way it's just like the client knows that you're not sort of aiming at them and suggesting that they could have anything. You're just going to make it very low key. And I think that that's the best way to go about that. And if you make it that way and the client does have cold or flu symptoms, they're going to want to tell you because if you take it too seriously, you know, they're not going to want to tell you. No, well, that's true. And I think, I think everybody understands and so it's just finding a way to naturally put that in there and sort of covering off those questions. So I guess at the end of the day, you're protecting the client and also the, your own staff members within the practice. Yeah, for sure. So that's been really fantastic insight, Kristen, with you today around, I guess, what VetCX does. So making one call a week into the practice, giving them a monthly report, which then benchmarks them against the national state. And you mentioned the competitors and how that's a really important aspect to understand, you know, like how that practice is performing. Also, some really great tips around smiling when you answer the phone getting the pet's name and building some great rapport and then making the current world situation where we do need to ask them a few more questions around COVID, natural and non-assuming. I think that's some really good tips. Yeah. So what would you say to vet practices who may be not sure around whether they should do any mystery shopping in their practice or, you know, do they value is for that? Um, and, you know, how does the team find it? Do they, does, you know, the team, the reception team on the phone, do they actually know, do you think that they're being mystery? mystery shopped? 
Oh, definitely not. They do not know at all. It's just, it's hard because they wouldn't know. We've got different people. We've got call at different times, different scenarios. There's no way that a, uh, the receptionist would know. And it really, and I do think that vet practices owners should definitely invest in doing the mystery shopping course with us, even just a trial, because you never know for sure how your receptionists are treating your clients, your paying clients, and you want to get to the bottom of it and make sure that your receptionists are giving the best customer service. Because at the end of the day, if you can make a good impact on clients that have bringing their pets to you, that's a client that's going to be loyal to you for what, 10 plus years, that's 10 plus mm. years of financial income that you'll be earning. And you want to make sure that your receptionists are giving the best possible customer service. And you don't know that for sure, unless you, you, you know, you go through vet CX and definitely think you'd be silly not to. Yeah, that's excellent. And I think the other great point that you make is that, you know, it, it, the call comes in at a random time throughout the week. So really what it does do is gives the owner or the practice manager a, a real snapshot in time of what the client's experience is when they're calling your practice. Sure. And definitely the recording and the report at the end, and you can definitely sit down with that receptionist. And if it's the same receptionist answering that call and they're still not getting it, you can really sit down and point out the areas that they're going wrong and improve that sort of area so that, that next time when they get the report you'll find that it actually might be better yeah so you recommend sort of in their fortnightly or weekly or monthly one-on-ones that they do with their team members it may be a good idea to have a look if they were mystery shopped and listen to that call together with them and find some great things and there may be some things to focus on it definitely makes an impact and it will make it make you realize the receptionists that are doing exceptionally well and some that may need a little bit more help in that customer experience section yeah well it must be hard though i guess hearing yourself when you what how do you feel when you hear yourself back on recording i guess you're quite yeah, used to it no. now, but initially it would have been a, a quite a scary thing was it yeah no i did i didn't like it at all but it definitely made me realize when you hear yourself back that you actually are making those mistakes and you once you hear it and you're hearing it yourself and you've got a report in front of you telling you what you could have done better and what you did well at is telling you, you you're not going to do it again i know i certainly didn't so it was definitely something a real learning curve to hear it back and hearing myself saying them words so yeah yeah so you hear you become more self-aware i guess when you're having conversations around phrases or words or things that you're saying that you know you say it too much, too regularly, um, and you can actually stop yep. yourself from saying it just through that. Well, Kristen, it's been a real pleasure to have you today, and hopefully we can twist your arm and maybe have you back on another episode of Inside Vet CX. But uh, thanks very <laughs> yeah. much for your time, and we look forward to chatting to you again in another one of our shows. Yeah, no, not a problem. Thank you so much for having me. Take care, guys. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Inside Vet CX, where we explore everything customer experience related. Make sure you check us out at vetcx.com.au or on social media. And we look forward to catching you next time on Inside Vet CX.